long time. How many are you at now, Meg? How many rentals? Um, I have 20 units. So that's- She's doing it, man. 20 but units. that's 20 doors, not units. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. And what's but, the what's the and plan? That's include, and that's including me selling a whole lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, okay. you know, sometimes I'm regretful of things. But, you know, sometimes you have to scale back to scale up. And that's my goal is to scale up. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. We're back. We are back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the First Sip Podcast. Today's super exciting. We have on a former client of mine and has grown to be a dear friend, Ming Day. So we brought Ming on. Ming is currently an active real estate investor in the Philadelphia market. She's mm-hmm. a beast. She is growing. She's going to tell her story, what inspired her, how she got into the market, and how she's making the market work for her and created financial freedom for herself by utilizing the market. But what she's also going to talk about, and one of the main reasons I wanted her to come on, is Ming is an author. So Ming actually started one book. She wrote one book that is on Amazon. Is the first of a series. It's a children's book, and she's going to dive all into it and talk all about it. With that being said, Ming, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and we're glad you're here. Thank you, Alvin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes. We're happy you're here. We are so happy you're here. And then, folks, this podcast is on Zoom. So at any moment, Ming may cut out. She said earlier that she was having some problems. And if she does, we're just going to ask her to repeat herself. So and this is what we do. We'll just keep rolling with it. We'll just keep wearing. Me and the Kemi can definitely fill spots with talking. It's what we're good at. Ming, what um, are you sipping on? First question. I have Tangeray Gin. Oh. <laughs> and tonic. In a splash of lime. Oh, she wow. didn't tell us that, bro. Wow, now, that, now that's a first sip. That is a first sip. <laughs> that's the first sip of I've ever heard. To before. all the listeners, she actually told us beforehand that it was empty. Um, she got something. So she, wow. that, there you go. Ming was drinking for the episode. Okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> How about you? I'm a, I'm a daddy's girl. I get that drink straight from him. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dikembe? What are we sipping oh, on, bro? Man, I need to wake up a little bit. So I have my uh, third cup of coffee today. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's not bad. Third cup of coffee. Big no. cups, though. Okay. Yeah, it was a long day, you know. Long day at the yeah. office, so now we're home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recording the podcast. Ming are, Ming, are you a big uh, coffee drinker? Mm, not, not at all. I don't like coffee. Really? So wow. what, what do you what do you use to get fired up? Wow. Oh, I love I love tea. Um, okay. okay. I love tea. Like, I'm a tea drinker, Like, but it has to have fresh lemon. I mean, when I say I love, love tea, love it, love it, love it, peach and... I like flavorful tea, like peach and raspberry, strawberry, stuff like that. I like that. Yep, loose, yeah. you know, infused. But it has to have, I have to have fresh lemon or I don't want it at all. Okay. <laughs> so do you ever do the the teas at night too to come down or are you only using tea to no, pick I you up? Just, just in the mornings. Okay. Yeah, okay. just in the morning. But um, I don't really need a pick-me-up drink. I can, I know that. I, like that's what. <laughs> That reminds me of my mom. She's the same way. No, your mom. She doesn't not. do coffee. Only tea. I Only believe tea. Well, she and doesn't need to pick me up. N- no, she's good. And if, I want, go yeah. and if I want like something different, like a warm mm-hmm. drink, I, I could do um hot chocolate, you know, in the winter. Ooh, I haven't but, had hot chocolate. Yeah, but coffee I don't like at all. Mm. <laughs> she, she's probably you're you're a rare breed. That's a rare thing. 
<laughs> to, to not like the coffee. All right. So then we'll, we'll dive right in. Ming, why don't we first start off with you talking to us a little bit about what got you into real estate, um, what inspired you and, and how it's been going for you? Okay. Well, let's start here. And when I was a teenager, I always knew I wanted to be my own boss and be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but I never knew exactly what skills, you know, I never identified any skills that I had that, that could, you know, be my own boss until I got older. Okay. And so I grew up um, with an aunt that was a, a, a real estate investor. She bought, um, she bought under Bayou houses and she retired early. She had a city job. She retired way early. I don't know how old she was, but I remember, like, you know, she just was always um, well off. And so I said, okay, I want to be like her when I grew up. So, you know, she was a landlord. She still is. So I followed her footsteps. I watched everything she did. And when I was 25, she took me to the sheriff's sale, the Philadelphia sheriff's sale. When it used to be a 38th market, but they changed it now. Now it's online. And so um, I told her I had $7,000 cash and I told her to take, this was in 2002 when I said, take me to the next sheriff's cell. So she did. Um, just so you know, I got the $7,000 cash from University of Penn. I was there for grad school, but I took the refund check, dropped out because I didn't want to, you know, I had a bachelor's from Temple, but I said, I don't want a master's because I don't need a master's. I want to be an entrepreneur. And so my my passion was just fueled by watching her, you know, turn these ugly houses into beautiful houses and, you know, change the blight in the neighborhood. And so I took that $7,000. She took me to the sheriff's sale and I bought my first property for $6,200. So I had changed, you know, so I put down the deposit and in 30 days I paid the balance. And from there, um, I actually lived in the house. Um, And then, so I lived in that house for a few years. And then in 2010 is when I bought my first investment property. And in 2010, my next house, which was my second house, um, I paid $8,000. And then I rented it out. You know, I fixed it up, obviously. And I, <laughs> um, I rented it out. And when I got my first rent check, I mean, talking about mindset and, oh my goodness, it just, it was it's just something that, will change my change my life forever like just getting (laughs) that's when I was inspired like you know what this is it like for now on I just had to repeat this Mm -hmm. process so that's you know uh, I was born as an investor I was just addicted from that first rent check basically so my aunt inspired me but I you know just getting that first rent check is probably what fueled me to continue on as an investor Okay. I love that. Yeah. So when you, and, and just cause I'm unfamiliar with the whole world and, and a sheriff sale, I don't even know what that is. I, I'm assuming it's like an auction type thing. Is that what it's like? Like a, like a bidding war? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. And how they've had it um, ever since I can remember, like I said, in 2002, right. Um, that's when I went, but they had it years before that, but up until I think this year, actually 2021, they stopped it. It used to be 3801 market street. Um, however, I guess after the pandemic, they just made a lot of changes. So now mm-hmm. they just have it online. But if you want to utilize it, you should go to bid for assets. That's B-I-D, the number four assets, A-S-S-E-T-S.com. And so they have that same exact list 
they have it online now. So they have like a um, mortgage auction for people who lost their houses because of mortgage delinquency. Mm-hmm. And we have it for a, t- a tax auction for people who lost their houses because they didn't pay their taxes, you know, like a tax lien. So it's a, um, a good resource to utilize. It's, it's competitive because you have people bidding against you, but don't be discouraged. I mean, little old me, an individual was, you know, I still always took my chances and still won a, a lot of times. Like, like, pro- like so many houses from my portfolio came from the sheriff's sale, even though it's highly competitive mm-hmm. because you have, you know, you have corporations there, like two and three and four men in the company, you know, that I'm bidding against. And sometimes I lose, obviously, but some people are discouraged by that. And my, my advice is just don't be discouraged. So, and, and now, and again, just because I'm unfamiliar, when you say that you you bought the home, did you, you own the home for 6200 Like, crazy paid off? So, yep. That's it. You yes. owe nothing else but property taxes. You paid $6,200 for a house. Yep. Free <sighs> and clear. Let me tell you, let me just, take, <laughs> let me take a few minutes just to explain that, Al. Hit me. Um, and the, the, the beauty of a sheriff's sale, just so you know, um, the, the, all the, all the liens are waived, you know, because these are people, people who lost their houses for mortgage liens and tax liens. The city took their house and now they put it on auction for somebody else to, you know, buy it. So um, what they do is they waive all the water taxes and they waive all all the other liens, not well, like, all the other city liens, right? So most of them are free and clear. So obviously you still have to get a um a title you just had to get a title search and get you know make sure the title is clear from like mortgages and all that stuff but um the city waives all of their fees like if it was a water lien they waived that for you you know it's convenient for you if they had like a tax lien they'll waive that for you so when i'm not getting it's free and clear free and clear for sixty two hundred dollars no exaggeration and, and no fine print no edit fees like literally sixty two hundred dollars and so um then just so you know it was a five bedroom and three-story house and al i still have that house like you you assured it for me before <laughs> that was, that was first the first one, one. That was the first one house for $6,200. Yes. So it's five bedrooms, three stories, and it's right near the zoo. Mm. Now, keep in mind, this is um, 2002. So in 2002, that's probably before, you know, the neighborhood became gentrified, you know, started being gentrified and before people saw the value in that neighborhood. I'm literally probably two blocks from the zoo. Wow. Like I can walk to the zoo. Like I do, I used used to live there. I used to walk to the zoo, you know, for exercise. But, um... Now I just rent it out. It's a rental now. But I how lived ma- there for a long time. How many are you at now, May? How many rentals? Um, I have 20 units. So that's- She's doing it, man. 20 but that's units. 20 doors, not units. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. And what's the but, what's the and plan? That's inclu- and that's including me selling a whole lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, okay. you know, sometimes I'm regretful of some things. But, you know, sometimes you have to scale back to scale up. And that's my goal is to scale up. So like when you go in and, and you look for your next property, is there a certain model or like avatar you try to follow when you're searching for properties? Good question. Um, well, I do not want, uh, I like them to be like, um, just needing, I mean, um, cosmetics. 
Okay, cosmetic repair. Um, yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I had a few houses in the past that needed like a whole lot of um, rehab. And mm-hmm. so I just don't want to do that anymore. Okay. Um, and also I want to get into more um, small multifamilies. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, when I say small, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open to like bigger too. But when I say small, I want to like probably at least maybe like five to 12 right now, you know? five to okay. 12 units you're saying yes. within the building like, like doors within the within the building right yes okay yeah. so but you're so you're now are you saying that you're trying to step away from single families and work your way into larger spaces i know you say smaller multifamilies, but multiple units is the goal correct well you know i, I do love i do love single families as well so i'll keep doing both okay okay and yep. are you, are you doing the work yourself, Ming, or do you have a contractor that like you have a set deal with, or what's that look like? No, Al, I'm not hands on at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nor do I want to be. You know, like I commend all the women and the men, you know, who have that gift because it's a yeah. skill because they can definitely like save money. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't have that skill, nor do I have that desire to learn. You know that skill. Like so, what I do, I'm strong on like building relationships. You know, like for okay. instance, okay. Al is my go-to guy for insurance. You know, and I build like a, tr- a trust level. And you no, know, I say that to say that that's why. I am period in, in, mm-hmm. in my industry and I need it because I don't know, I don't have the skill set to fix or, you know, assess like what's wrong with the plumbing. So I have to rely on my relationship and my trust in a plumber. So I've, I've used the same plumber for since 2002, literally, like he is the one that ran all the plumbing for my first house from the sheriff's sale. And I've used him for every single house and still use him for all of my rentals. Okay. So I trust him, you know, I know him well mm-hmm. and I don't have to, um, you know, he could just go, I could just call him. He's reliable. He goes to the property, he fixes it. And, and I just don't have one, like on every, in every discipline, I have um, at least two or three you know, people who I can rely on. For instance, if he's on vacation, I have another plumber that can back me up that I trust just as well. Of course. Okay. Well. Yeah. So, um, so for, for every discipline, I have some people like my Rolodex. So I depend heavily on heavenly, heaven, or heavenly, <laughs> heavily, 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 heavily. Yeah. Yes. Well, people that I trust is like, you know, you can't underestimate the value of relationships that mm-hmm. you build. I yeah. think that's like that's. A, I feel like that's one of the best things about the industry too, is that if you can really start building solid relationships with people, yes, your success is is infinite. I mean, it it just keeps going and going, and you see it from people. We were talking about different people you follow in social media. I've been following a few different um, investors, develop like developers here in Philadelphia, and just to see their progress over the past couple of years is crazy. You know, yeah. um, one I, I talked to you about is, you know, the lady I ran into last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Asia Blair, you know, and just. She might know her. She's you know awesome. Yeah, no, it's here. Yeah, she used to be like a newscaster. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just seeing, yeah. you know, what she's able to do, you know, going in and like buying these properties, rehabbing the properties. And yeah, she is a beast. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, she's it's excellent. Awesome. Yeah. I love that you know her. Yeah. See, yep. see this? Building a community. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't know So what's the scope, Ming? Are are you gonna stay within Philadelphia? Do you have any desire to leave the area? I mean, there's so much here, but well, it's tempting, but I don't just to make things easier. So I don't have to learn 
another market or yeah. so I don't have to like learn um, resources in another market. Like even if I got um, a property manager, mm-hmm. just to avoid the learning curve, I would stay in Philadelphia. That's yeah, I like that. And I feel like Philly still has so much opportunity too. Um, yeah. I was born in Brooklyn. And if you follow anything with New York real estate, you've seen what's yes. happened in the past 20 years. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's in the past 10 years alone, it's, it's crazy. And it's to a point where most people can't buy their first investment in, investment property. Mm-hmm. But you look at areas like Philadelphia, right? The surrounding suburbs, the potential mm-hmm. is there. You know, yeah. and you see a lot of people moving from Jersey and New York, over, especially in the last year. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of households moved to Philadelphia. Yeah. Right? So what does that look like now going forward? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's tempting when you hear all these other markets booming, you know, like mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people talk about Baltimore and yeah, St. Yeah. Louis and Detroit <laughs> and all that. And it's tempting, but no, I'm staying here. I'm going yeah. to stay where I know. And there's so many neighborhoods that need to be developed and so many abandoned houses that people neglected. Yes. It's amazing. You know, I'm just like, and, and a lot of people say, you know, because, you know, since the pandemic that, no opportunities here but that's not necessarily true you just have to be creative when finding them and um i mean obviously it's probably a little more challenging obviously you have a lot more um competition but they're definitely still gems you know and like you said i think it it comes down to what you're looking for right like we Mm -hmm. i sent you a house earlier today bert that was uh i don't even remember how many bedrooms i had four to five bedrooms 2800 square feet um for one hundred thirteen thousand. Right, oh. right around Cobbs Creek. Three and, family. Yeah. And we'll send it to you later. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, like you're saying, there's there's so many opportunities. Obviously, you know, it needs some work. But what happens if somebody's able to say, OK, let me make this my first project. Yeah. Right? Let me go ahead and get uh, the type of loan. Right. If people don't know, you can get an FHA uh, loan. Right. And say, OK, I'm going to go ahead and put three percent, three point five percent down in this house. And now you can own that property. Yeah. Right. And now you can go and start doing the work on it and start once again, start just repeating the same play over and over and over. Uh, now, do are you guys wholesalers? Oh, I don't. don't this is not my world. The can be super interested in this yes. world. This is this is not. Uh, yeah, so I started learning um, about real estate a couple of years ago when I was still working at Wells Fargo, actually, okay. because a couple of the clients would always go to the sheriff's sale. You know, so that's why I was like shaking my head as you were sitting there talking about. It. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely remember those sheriff's sale days because mm-hmm. they would come in and get their cashier's checks and be like, oh yeah, we're gonna go and buy a property, and yeah. then come in right and start up that new account for that property. And I'd be like, you guys are just doing this over and over and over, and yeah. just getting houses every single month, every sometimes yeah. every week. You yeah. know, and for yeah. me, I was like, this is something I need to start learning more of because, like yeah. I said, I don't want to sit in an office for the rest of my life and not be able to manage my day, manage my business the way that I think it should be managed, right? So you sit back, you start learning what people are doing. For me, mm-hmm. I was like, wholesaling seems interesting. Yeah. Why? Because like everybody else, you see the opportunity to get a property on a contract, flip it for some money, mm-hmm. and now you can keep doing that until you're really in the game, right? Yeah, people, you know, they sit there and they can get a property on a contract, make $5,000 just for flipping it over to somebody else. True. Who yeah. wouldn't want to learn something like that, right? Oh, of and course. Say, okay, if this can then yeah. get me out of my normal day job. Yeah, I haven't then, learned that, but it's definitely it's, something I would consider. Yeah, and it's definitely it's um it's it's a very interesting world. It's I compare it when I talk to people like when I'm at the bank or just regularly, I'll tell them it's like flipping sneakers almost, right? If you can buy sneakers at a low value or you know at a good price, and then find somebody who wants to buy it at a higher price, exactly, locker. right? And then you buy it, and then I say I buy a pair of Jordans for one fifty. And I sell it to you for 200. 
I just made, I just made my money. Right. Yeah. That's a nice come up. I didn't really do any work other than just having wait in line or maybe not. Maybe I just bought it online. Oh, that's true. Right. So now you're talking about the share of sale. I know that's one thing a lot of people were concerned about um, when they made that change was, okay, is this going to make it more competitive for um, wholesalers, investors in, in Philadelphia, because now you can go online and get access to these properties. Right. So if you're an investor out of state, can you find a way to start tapping into this local auction? Right. And it, it may change the game, but like you're saying, it's just going to make it more competitive. Wait, are they not allowed? Ming, are they not at the sheriff sale? Are they not allowed to be, for, do they have to be a Philadelphia resident to participate or can anyone? No, anyone. Oh. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't it's think that's being there. Yeah. yeah I don't think about... there's any stipulations. And also, um, also y'all can consider HubZoo. Have you ever heard of that? H-U-B-Like-Boy-Z-U. That's an online auction for real estate. And the the third one I know is auction.com. So um, I've never bought from those online platforms, Mm -hmm. but um, I've known known people who have. Yeah. Ming, Dikembe said he, he was talking about like how he wants to create freedom for himself and how he doesn't want to be tied to a desk all day. What, what does your day look like then? Because I know you're full-time author now as well, but you're full-time real estate investor. What's your mm-hmm. days, what are your days looking like? Um, that's a good question. Um, so when I wake up, um, I normally get up around like seven and try to take a walk. And what I do is sometimes I meditate. Sometimes I'm not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, the first start of my day when I go to my my office is um, at home. Okay, so the first okay. thing I do is I do my QuickBooks, like, mm-hmm. you know, reconcile my books through QuickBooks. Okay. Um, so all my receipts from the day before or all my transactions from the day before, they pop up. And so I just, like, categorize them for my account. My CPA that does my annual tax returns. He's also my, my monthly book bookkeeper. Okay. So, um, so I do that, just make sure they're, Mm-hmm. And then I check my emails. I go through like just like paperwork through for like tenants, you know. Okay. Since it's like I don't get a lot of complaints at all, but it seems like That's I don't good. know what it is, but it just seems like it's always some administrative things that needs to be done, you know. Mm-hmm. Like even like right now, what I was talking to Al about, like like just trying to transfer all the insurances from one plate from one company to another, like you know, that could be tedious, you know, like just stuff like that. Um, so basically that's my day, like just a lot of administrative stuff. And then I have, um, I keep track of my budgets like really closely because some of my, um, my properties are owned under different LLCs. So I have different bank accounts for them. So I have to, um, you know, I have different budgets for them. So I have to like, you know, sometimes just attend to the budget, make sure that they're not, I'm not. Yeah, money's in the right place. Some of the stuff I do, I'm sure it probably will be less time if I develop better systems, you know what I mean? Or maybe better software. So, okay. you know. That's, yeah, I was going to ask that too, because um, I was going to say, are you, do you think you're at a point where you might start delegating some of this work over to, you know, an assistant? Um, are you ready to bring somebody on to help? Because, you know, you're also talking about scaling your business, you know, getting into more multifamily. So, yeah, that's a, a very you, good yeah. question debate with myself um lately a lot about that like just maybe okay. hiring somebody maybe five hours per week just to yeah. help me out 
And to be honest, like right now, today, I might not necessarily need that. But if I get like maybe one or two more properties, that would be something I would consider. Like, in fact, I've started, you know, like looking around for like opportunities like that. Just to start off small, not, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just maybe like five hours per week just doing some mm-hmm. stuff. So what I've done like recently um, is I reached out to, what is it called? Fiverr, you know, Fiverr, they do yeah. some like, mm-hmm. administrative things for me. Like if I need some documents typed up or, you know, like certain things, you know, they're very, very um, helpful. Okay. It's pretty cool. I like that website. Yeah. <clears throat> so any like horror stories that discourage <laughs> you a little bit on the rental side? Because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Everyone always talks about, it. we've had guests on that have talked about you're our third real estate, I guess, type player mm-hmm. that we've had on the podcast, but no one has dropped a yeah, horror you're, story. You had anybody who just didn't want to move out? Yeah. Any or anything that um that you would want to warn people to be weary of. I've heard some stories like that. People just say, oh, I'm not leaving. Oh yeah, I'm sure. What do you mean you're not get out the house? <laughs> get out. <laughs> um okay, in general, <laughs> I have in general, you know, I have no complaints, right? But obviously I'm human. So once in the blue, there is there are, you know, instances where you just get, you know, a little bit stressed out until the situation is over. Mm-hmm. So like just to be honest with you, right now my, my nightmare is my nephew. I let him <laughs> rent one of the spaces from me. Mm-hmm. And um I think he will go down in the records as probably my first tenant. I mean <laughs> It's always family. It's always family. Always. You know, people say never rent a family. You know, it's like the cardinal rule. Yeah. Um, however, I guess that would depend. But after him, I won't do it again. <laughs> but before him, you know, I have two other family members that live in my units, and okay. they're perfect. Perfect. Okay. Now my nephew actually pays. That's not. That's not. You know, my great with him. So, um, <laughs> so to to pivot to a lighter note, then Ming, why don't we touch on the book? And why don't we talk about the book a little bit? So why don't you tell everyone what you did? Um, yeah. Cause it's something to be proud of. It's pretty cool. And what the plans are for Love the idea of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything behind okay. it. Well, first I know Al, um, when you introduced me, you said, oh, I just want to correct. I'm not sure exactly what you said, but this is actually my second book. So I'm a two time author. Oh, Ooh, see, here we go. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even know that. Yeah. You yeah. Want- yeah. You only emailed me about one. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. And so, because this is the most recent one. So okay, anyway, let's okay. go back. So the first one is called Real Estate Cash Flow in Layman, Layman's Terms. So it just talks about, like, basically it's for newbies who may not even understand, like, what the benefits are from, you know, like, why would you want to be in real estate? Why would you mm-hmm. want to, you know, invest in real estate? And so I, I put that out probably, actually, January 2020, before the pandemic. Okay. Um, that is only an ebook though, and it's sold on Amazon. And um, it's not; it was never like a printed copy. Okay. Um, and it's also sold on my website and on Instagram. Nice, nice. So, I like it. Always plug. Yes, and the second book that I'm an author to is called Noodles Fits Allowance. Now, this is for children specifically. Um, probably between the ages of four and and ten. Okay. It's called Noodles Gets Allowance by Ming Day. So um, this is a true story, actually. It's a very, very short book, but it's based on the story I told you about my aunt. My aunt inspired me to get into real estate. Yeah. So um, I wanted to write a, a book about financial literacy, you know, to children. Because, you know, it's just, 
even myself, every day I'm fascinated with the, with the topic of financial literacy. And every single day I find out that it's something more that I don't know that I should have known a thousand years ago, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, it's so many things I don't know. So I love, like, I have um, plenty of mentors and people I network with in the industry to try to, you know, help me, you know, teach me stuff. And I'm always reaching out for answers. I just love to learn. But anyway, I wanted to put this book out for, you know, children. It was a fun book. It's short. It's colorful, you know. Yeah. So this book was different for me, um, opposed to the first one, because this one had to be illustrated. It had to be printed. You know, remember I told you the first one was only an ebook. Mm-hmm. So the process was a learning experience um, for me. So what I did was I just wrote it down like in a Word document and I used Fiverr again. So I reached out to Fiverr.com and I asked for an illustrator, uh, a person, a formatter and um, an editor. And so, you know, all into one or you can get them separately if you want. Okay. And so... Um, then they emailed me back a PDF and, you know, then I sent it to the printer and bam, I'm a two-time author now. The rest is history. <laughs> What's the, so I know it's a, you said it's a, it's a, based on true story. It's about um, financial literacy, which is awesome. That is so cool. And I think that that's totally a, an a area of, kids, of yeah. childhood that of no one knows that. about, yeah. right? It's, it's we, the curriculum and everything when you're being brought up through the yeah, it doesn't really system. Uh, pay That's too much attention not, to uh, managing money. No, it does not. Nope. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't even really teach you how to write a check. I, I, I teach people all the time in the bank how to write a check. That's crazy. Yes, right? You mean adults? You can pay adults? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and people, once again, like, I'm not trying to make it sound crazy or like it's like a, a joke. No, I teach grown people older than me, like grown adults, how to fill out a check. I believe yeah. that. Where to, where, to find, yeah. where to find an account number, where to find I the routing number, you. Yeah. you know, the difference, the difference between a checking and a savings account, you know, like, like things that we consider simple, you know, but once yeah. again, like if it because, hasn't been taught to yeah. people, then yeah. it has nothing to do with them, you know, not knowing because they're, you know, illiterate. It just has everything to do with this modern technology, you know, that people don't use checks anymore. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but sometimes people just don't know because they weren't taught other things, you know? Yeah. So, so then what is the book like? What can you walk us through like the storyline a little bit then? And then what are your future plans are? Because I know this is the first of a series, right? Aren't is in your plan to make it so what's going to happen next? Yes. Okay. So first, let me tell you a little bit about the book. It's a true story. Like I said, um, I remember being young and my, my neighbor across the street she used to always want to go to the store. And, um, you know, I never had any money. Mm. And because as a child, you know, I lived with both my parents when I was younger. And my dad used to always, my mom was a homemaker. So my dad was the breadwinner. And I used to say, Dad, I need allowance. Because, you know, who's going across the street, she always, she has allowance. And every time she goes to the store, she has money, right? So I said, girl, she said, I'll buy you. You know, I provide for the family. You have a, you have clothes, you have roof. You know, I'm not thinking about you, basically. You know, I'm not thinking about you. But anyway, um, so then my aunt, true story, I told her the same thing. And she, she offered to give me um, like $3 a a week, which is only like $4 okay. a okay. week. If it's, uh, I mean, $3 a week and $4 a month, right? Mm-hmm. It's four weeks in a month. But this is the funny part. So this is a difference in the story. So in the story, Noodles is like seven years old. And I got the name Noodles from, because my other aunt used to call me Noodles. Okay. I was so thin. I was like really thin. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, my aunt 
she said, so anyway, the, the truth is at the, at the time that my eye gave me this allowance, I probably was about 14, no exaggeration. So okay. imagine being like 14, maybe 13. I don't remember. No, I probably was like 13. I don't know. Whatever it was, $3 a week was nothing, right? Yeah, not, but not guess what? It showed me so much gratitude because she was my aunt and not a parent. So she didn't have to give me anything, mm-hmm. right? So I was just so gracious. And she wouldn't give it to me like $3 a week. She would just wait to build up and give it to me at the end of the month. So I would get, you know, or the beginning of the month. So I would get $12. That's $12 to like a 12-year-old. You know, it was, it was a lot of money. Or a 13-year-old, however old I was. It was still a little bit. But it just showed me gratitude. And it just showed me that um, you have to budget the money that you get. So mm-hmm. that $12, you know, I just had to be um, mindful of what I was going to spend with it because it wasn't going to last forever, you know? So it just taught me, you know, discipline. Like once it's gone, it's gone. So make sure you map out and you plan exactly what you need to get with it. Mm. And so um, to answer your question about the next series, I wanted to do at least one or two more just to, um, you know, and I wanted to name them like noodles, noodles, both to the thrift. Um, Okay. Okay. That's one of the things. And then mm-hmm. um, maybe me um, becoming a landlord in the future, you know, but, um, you know, as a child, like inspiring to be a landlord, but the noodles goes to the thrift, meaning <clears throat> my mom and my aunts, they love the thrift shop. So, <laughs> you know, some good finds there. So I'll talk about that. I like that. Next up in the series. Noodles goes uh-huh. to the thrift. Keep an eye out, people. <laughs> we'll plug that in the... Uh, in the uh, description and 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 is the overall goal then just to i guess for individuals who i guess are less fortunate growing up and and making sure that they budget the right way or is it across the board you just want to instill a better way um to teach your children nothing um across the board because um you know just like most people sometimes people don't even find out or learn about financial literacy until they're after they graduate from college, you know, you know, when you're in college, they feed you with all these credit cards and, you know, you you think you have all this money, but you don't quite understand Mm -hmm. money and how it works. So I just want, you know, for people of every background, I just think a child from every background just, you know, needs to know basic, basic skills. And like I said, it's a very short book, you know, a very short story, but it's just one of many stories that they can have to learn about, you know, money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's such an, I guess like undervalued thing an undervalued skill, especially for our generation, you know, when you think about how much money a lot of our, a lot of people our age are going to come into over the next few years, just an inheritance. And the fact that a lot of people don't know how to manage that type of money, right? That's true. I see people all the time who come into a nice windfall, a couple hundred thousand dollars, and it'll be gone yeah, before they like before lottery, they know it. Yep. Lottery, lottery winners, exactly, right? Yep. It's exactly mm-hmm. like that. So and, once again, oh my goodness, you just because you, you, you have it doesn't mean you know how to manage it. Yes, you know, get some on there. Like people don't just people mm-hmm. <laughs> don't even understand like, the difference between liability and assets so, at all. Buy all these fancy cars and these, Mm -hmm. you know, fancy everything. Don't get me wrong. I had fancy a whole lot of stuff, (laughs) but, but somebody else is paying for it. You know, like I make sure my assets is paying for it. I like that. So uh, you ever hear the uh, saying, um, I don't know if you follow her in your leisure too. We were talking about the social media, right? So assets over liabilities. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. I have a t-shirt like that too on my um, Instagram page, yep. my website. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to get that. But, I'm gonna have to get that. Yeah, one. so definitely. Um, yeah, people are just it's so sad. You know, as soon as they get money, mm-hmm. they think they wear they want to wear their wealth on their back. You know, yep. and they just they just don't know that the things like that depreciate. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's stupid. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people just don't know the difference. And um, that just, you know, you have to learn that as you mature, as you get mm-hmm. older. But I just said, you know, like grown people, they think a car is, you know. Yeah. And like you said, I, I feel like <laughs> at a certain point, you know, you do reach an age where you do have to start educating yourself. Right. And if you mm-hmm. want better for yourself, there's plenty of resources out there now. Like it's 2021. We said in a few other episodes, there's very little standing in front of you right now. Like if you have an iPhone in your pocket, don't tell me anything else. Yeah. You can go on YouTube, you can go on Audible, super you computer, can go bro. literally supercomputer, the fast computer ever right there in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All the information is right there. You know, talking about like, if people wanted to start learning what you're doing, right? There is number, like countless numbers of podcasts, books that I've read about mm-hmm. how to go in and start house hacking, how to do the Burr method, right? We had Ryan on mm-hmm. earlier and he was talking about, you know, like exactly what you're doing. You buy houses that are under, at an undervalued price. You go and you rehab them. You start renting them out. You don't sell them. You hold them for a while. And then maybe you sell them later, right? Mm-hmm. Or you just add them to your portfolio. Yeah. But these are very repeatable steps that anybody else yeah. can take and, and start learning. Yeah. Right? And like you're saying, the education's out there. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, I've, I've been networking for a few, for probably since 2016, to be honest, is when I first started networking. Because mm-hmm. I told you I bought my first investment property to rent in 2010 but it wasn't until about 2016 that I actually started networking and the reason is um I had no clue about networking I had no clue was people in Philadelphia that I can like actually go mingle with and talk about real estate with so at Mm -hmm. that time you know I was just so excited and my aunt she's 83 this year so um she's very spry but she is on a whole nother another wave with him so you know as far as like you know she's not tech savvy so she didn't know like how real estate was trending and how it's um mm-hmm. you know like you know so it's a lot of things that i can't like really learn from her because she's old school okay. so i was like yearning for some information that i could find from like my peers or colleagues like within you know my niche or within my age group mm-hmm. and um I didn't know that existed, to be honest. I did not know. All I know is I have a a group of good girlfriends, but they weren't interested in real estate at all. So I had nobody to talk to about my interests, right, in in 2010 up until 2016. And then it wasn't until I ran into somebody and said, hey, you know, um, Dan, he does real estate. And I grew up on a block with Dan, right? So make a long story short, I ran into Dan. He told me about DIG. Have you ever heard of DIG? It's it's called Diversified Investors Group, DIG. So um, if you look it up, it's digonline.org. So they're a networking group. They have actual physical networking um, opportunities you can go to. Very, very... um, a good resource and also they have um zoom since the pandemic Mm -hmm. and also hapco i learned about hapco through him h-a-p like paul c yeah we did some work with hapco yeah so anyway i learned about those two groups and oh my goodness when i tell you it just it just shifted me upward like what it did was it, it made me um 
it put me in a community with people who had, you know, in the like minds, right? And also I was able to get mentors. So that's very important. And I, I know a lot of people ask me questions all the time, like, you know, friends or friends of friends and say, man, you know, I want to know, teach me what you do, whatever. But I'm still learning myself every single day. But the thing is, a lot of people don't want to take those baby steps and they, don't, and they, they take networking for granted. And that's why I'm an introvert. So networking for me is kind of like a challenge. But I do it because I know I have to. So sometimes you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable place. You know, if you if you want to get to a comfortable place, first you have to start uncomfortably. But, um, so some people take that for granted. And there's so many people that I give advice to and ask me, like, what's what's the first steps I should take? And when I say, hey, get a membership to Dig, get a membership to HEPCO, they don't do it. And then two years later, they'll say, man, they ask me the same question. What should I do? Well, <laughs> do the first step. Like, that's the first step, literally, because... <laughs> Because I don't know everything yeah. at all, not even enough. That, <laughs> so, you know, really you point. need at least need the community so that you can, mm-hmm. you know, ask different questions to different people who are more seasoned. Yeah. But um, that's just so important. Yeah. Did you see, and, and so did you see like a rapid acceleration once you started the networking journey? And, and would you say that that was like the turning point for you mm-hmm. where it, it, it led to, accelerated growth once you started networking and utilizing new assets and I guess like idea mining from others to try to make yourself better? Yes, I, I saw a big difference. Um, As far as, I mean, honestly, probably like I, I don't think I acquired more houses because of learning, you know, having sure. a new network because I already knew how to acquire the houses. But what it did is it, it, it made me make like fewer mistakes in learning the craft of being a landlord. Because that's another thing. Landlording is a skill set. Like, you know, it's not as easy as people may think, you know, especially mm-hmm. like depending on how many people that you have to, you know, manage. And um, so I think what it did was it, it, I learned more skills as a landlord, like, you know, just from being more organized and, um, you know, how to set up your uh, strategies, how to set up your, um, you know, like your finances and things of that yeah, nature. Yeah. So all of those things, like the thing, all those things that go into like everyday managing your assets, I learned those things from Big to get better. And um, Hepco and all the other groups. Sure. So, so while you're sitting there, you're plugging your networking groups. Um, as we told you before the episode, every week we do a content wreck of the week. Ten nice little segment. I like that. Yeah. So, and each of us uh, will take the time to give a recommendation. Like, like we talked about before the episode, it does not have to be just one. Um, so, what Ming are your content wrecks of the week for those who are listening? Okay. Well, I already mentioned. Um, not not on purpose. I was just trying to tell you my story, but uh, <laughs> I mentioned HAPCO, and that's um, H-A-P-C-O, and if you live in Philadelphia, I think um, I think it may be exclusive to the Philadelphia area, but if you're a homeowner, you need to tap into that resource. It's okay. um, I just can't even, you know, tell you how, you know, resourceful it is. And the second one I would recommend is Big D-I-G, and it's um, Diversified Investment Group. So okay. it's bigonline.org. Um, also, the next one would be Brag, Be Like Boy, R-A-G-G. And that's ran by Dan, the real estate man. One. Okay. You said Dan, on, the real estate man one? Yes. Okay. The number one. So he's on gotcha, Instagram. Gotcha. His on Instagram is Dan, the real estate man one. 
um, on Instagram. And he's actually um, the guy I was talking about. That, that you showed, yeah, okay. That, okay. You know, yep, that I grew job. up with and told me about these other resources. Um, so another plug on IG would be J-H-A-N-E-L Wilson. She is like the Section 8 queen. She has okay. a million units and she only does Section 8. Nice, okay. So she would, um, she's a very good resource. Like just mm -hmm. learning a whole bunch of her strategies. Um, you know, I'm still learning. But she would do you, oh, do you know, okay. do you know any of them, Ming? I like do. personally. So yeah. um, we'd, we'd obviously love to, we'll talk to you after this though. We'd love to try to get them on as well. Um, just hear more methods, learn more new things, but yeah. um, I'll follow up with you after this. <clears throat> I would love to hear Janelle's story. Yeah. yeah. Section eight queen. Yeah. Um, anything else? Any other content Rex? Um, yes. Um, let me just um, say this real quick before I forget. Okay. Also smallchange.co. Have y'all ever heard of small change as a crowdfunding no. platform? Mm -hmm. No. So for people who aren't interested in like hands-on real estate, I would mm -hmm. and people who want to get into the industry a little bit just to have like some, and this is truly passive income. Now, smallchange.co, you just go on there and it's a crowdfunding platform. So you get to pick which, um, which project you want to invest in. Mm -hmm. So for instance, um, I picked a strip mall in Baltimore a few okay. months ago. I invested five thousand. The minimum investment has to be like um one thousand. Yeah. So you okay. can put in how much you want. Um, but the bigger, you, the more you put in up front, obviously your you know bigger your return is again. Mm -hmm. So in ten years, I'll um you know I'll make a significant return. Sometimes yeah. it's five year return. You know, it just depends which which project you choose. Mm -hmm. But I literally have to do nothing. All I had to do was um you know put my credit card number in for, my, <laughs> um, you know, for the amount I wanted to invest, yeah. you sign and you sign a document saying you're a part of the LLC mm -hmm. and they have like, um, you know, they have the person in charge of doing all the administrative work and that's it. They email you and tell you the progress. So in the strip mall in Baltimore, it's like a Metro phone, it's a laundromat, it's like, uh, I think it's a bank, it's all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. It's a commercial, okay. commercial building. So as people like you know, even if people like commercial units get evicted, then they'll you know mm -hmm. put more in. So but all of that is managed by you know. And you don't have to worry um, about any of it. I don't have to worry about any of that. I won't even that's ever part. hear about that. Yeah, that's until, cool. Yeah. So I mean, that was. I mean, when I tell you, I'm, I tell you that because just it, it's, so, it's so passive and it was yeah. so. Easy. Mm -hmm. That's a, yeah. People like. People ask, you know, about different ways. How do you get in real estate, right? With the yep. least amount of risk. And like you're saying, that might be one of the easiest ways. There's yeah. a lot of um, mm -hmm. different, you know, private groups. Yeah, there are a lot of crowdfunding people, websites. People can even yeah, start there, doing it there themselves. Are. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not familiar with a whole bunch. Only only familiar with two. Just mm -hmm. that, and I'm familiar with Fundrise. Fundrise, yeah. Fundrise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Fundrise, you're like a, you're port, you have a, like a whole portfolio, yeah. you know, like yeah. more than one. Mm -hmm. And that, um, I don't. I guess it depends on the, what you put in, but I just didn't see like the returns to be that, that, for, yeah. that attractive. Yeah. But um, small change, I like it because it's like a little bit more int intimate because we're just at one project. You can see mm -hmm. everything that's going on. It was, it's just, it's like it, like a thousand times better. So yeah. at least go look on a website. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've never heard about that. That's cool. And that's a, um, that's intriguing. Yeah, it's kind of like what uh, we were talking about with Ryan. You know, at a certain point, may, people might even have enough people around them who are interested in real estate. You know, or they might have one or two people who know enough about real estate and they can find the money, right? And then you can say, okay, hey, if I can just give you the money to go ahead and invest in this project that you're always talking about, can you get me my return that I'm looking for? Right. Yeah. And that's another way to passively be involved in real estate. You yep. sign whatever contracts, draw it up, draw up whatever agreements. You hand over twenty, fifty thousand, get a hundred thousand together, you know, you and a couple of your friends let somebody else manage that entire development project and you're just sitting there waiting for the money to come back. Yeah. And I see it all the time. Yeah. Ming, that's awesome. That website. And now is there always a, do they plot out and allot the timeline for the return that you'll get on the website or are they all different? Like what's the, that structure look like? Cause if, if I'm going to put for the different projects. Yeah. So say yeah, if they're I'm going all to, different. Okay. They're, they're all different. For instance, y'all should go on one today because what happens is, I got into the one I'm telling you about, the Baltimore Strip Mall. I probably got into that maybe about February or something like that. February, March, I'm not sure. And it's a timeline. So once they meet their quota or with their their goal, you know, for funding, then they stop it. And, I, you know, so um, then you have to, like, wait for another good one. So they always have, like, one that's going on. But, um, you know, you just want to see that all the returns aren't good returns. But the one I got was, like, excellent one okay. so um you might want to pass on some you see until you see a good one so when you go on like today or tomorrow just put your email address in so you can be on a mailing list so even if you're not interested in anything they have to offer today they'll email you every time they get a new offer and then you can review those terms oh that's awesome hmm. that's cool we gotta sign up for that yeah that we got 100 that's a gem <laughs> yeah that's great man and so um, as far as books um, for a recommendation, um, I like the pumpkin plan and also a book called Profit First. So there are two mm, books. We talked about that. Yeah, the Kenbe brought up Profit First before. Yeah. Love Profit First. Yeah. It's the same author. Those yeah. two books, Pumpkin Plan, he writes Pumpkin Plan too, by um, Mike McCallowitz, mm. I think his name yeah. is. Yeah. Yes, and I love Pumpkin Plan because it's for any industry. And both of these, neither of these books is specifically for real estate. It's just mm -hmm. a business period. But the pumpkin, the, pumpkin, the pumpkin Plan talks about picking your best clients and stick with them and go above and beyond for your, your best clients, the ones who aren't a nuisance to you, the ones who don't drain you, you know, mm -hmm. emotionally and yeah. physically. Like, so you don't, you want to like weed out the best clients, right? So, um, instead of taking like basically all money is not good money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I learned a lesson in that, you know, being a landlord because before I used to just say, okay, you, you got rent money, come. But no, you know, now I have a strict, you know, a, a, a strict way that I accept clients. And if you're going to be a headache and if I know that you're. <laughs> Sometimes you might know, depending on how they were referred to you, or there's just certain things that um, I don't do anymore that I used to. I mean, I don't do any more that I used to because I read the pumpkin plan. So I like mm. that too. He writes profit first as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I haven't read the pumpkin plan yet, but there you go, man. Profit first. I is, know you like that first yeah, one. Yeah, I, I got to add that to the list. But uh, yeah, profit first was gems. Gems on yeah. gems on gems. What about you, bro? And one, and one more, one mm -hmm. more book. One oh, more here book. Here we go. Hit us. You have to read. Are you oh. ever heard of that book? Say it one more time. You oh. cut out there. Oh, it's called "The Only Woman in the Room." 
Okay. 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 No, I've never heard of it. What's it about? So it's it's about real estate specifically, uh-huh. and it just came out like around Christmas. It just passed, and I got it for a Christmas book. It was like just released in the last year. Okay. And it is it's compiled by one person. I think her name is Ashley Wilson. She's a big um, real estate guru. Hmm. However, in the book is like twenty chapters with 20 different women in the real estate industry, right? Okay. And they're all, I'm surprised that Tia Blair isn't in there, but they're all like <laughs> high level like her. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're all, is like 20 chapters of okay. like women and some are local and some aren't, but it is like amazing. Yeah, amazing. yeah I got to check that one out too. For yeah. any For any gender. Okay. And what does it do? It just tells their different stories and how they different, made it. Yeah. yeah, different stories about you know how they fought adversity in the industry. You know, like you know their strategies, their niches, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of things. It, I mean, it was just amazing. And like I said, it's, it's just for any gender as well. And one last book. I know I said that was my last one, but um, <laughs> this one is called "We Should All Be Millionaires" by Rachel Rogers. I, so that was just that was love that. That's yeah, a good that, title. That was um, just released in May, actually. Okay. So I pre-ordered it months ago, and it just came in the mail, like, maybe last week. Okay. okay. And just like the title says, we should all be millionaires for anybody in any, um, any um, like, economic status. Even mm-hmm. if you're already a millionaire, she teaches you how to go up and up and up. Okay. So, um, you know, the book. Damn, Ming just dropped the whole library on us. People, we got a nice list going here. Yeah. <laughs> got a nice list going. Yeah. Make sure you want you wind it back and, and run through all the different books that Ming just dropped. How yeah. about you, Dikembe? That's it. What's so your mine's gonna be I'm gonna pull a you. Okay. I'm gonna do a complete pivot this week. Great. Um, I sent this one to you a couple days ago. Yep. I hope you watched it. Yep, I did. Army I of the it, Dead. Uh, I watched it on the play. Army of the Dead on Netflix. <laughs> oh my Ming, have you I seen it? Heard of it. Oh my gosh. It's new zombie movie that came out on Netflix. It was, if you've ever seen Dawn of the Dead that came out in 2004, it was made by Zack Snyder. Yes. So, oh, yeah. I don't like those. So you like Walking Dead and all of that? Yes. Please I don't, don't like me. those kind of Please shows. Ming, I feel like you're judging me right now. <laughs> we had a great conversation hard. for the past hour. She's judging hard. Oh my gosh, I'm being judged. Oh my right. goodness. You like my husband. Like, <laughs> those kind of shows. Oh, tell him he has to watch it. What? Yeah, he has, him. He's probably watched him. it already. I know he's yeah. watched it already. I did. I watched it on the plane too, bro. It, it was, was serious, right? It was good. <laughs> first, ten, first 10 minutes, make it a top 10 movie. It gets you fired up. Tell your husband, watch the first 10 minutes and let okay. me know what he thinks. I'm putting yeah. down. I'm putting down. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh man. man. I'm excited. Um, is that it? Was that yeah, the one? Yeah, that's it. That, it was a good movie. People watch it. I don't I'm have a to big say Bautista anything fan. else. I'm not saying anything else other than it's a dope zombie movie. That's it. So, so mine is actually a book. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on top of Ming's um, entire okay. library. We'll just shove another book in there. So okay. um, it's one that I started recently. It's called 13 things mentally strong people do. Mm. And it's by Amy Morin. So um, it's rare. I'm an individual who loses focus very quickly and it's very difficult to really? maintain my focus. I'm not good at it. Um, this book within the first like five pages, I was just absolutely sucked mm. into it and had to focus and pay attention. She walks through multiple traumatic experiences that she went through mm-hmm. and how she overcame it. Like we're talking I like think, the worst. I think I know who, who wrote that book. Uh, 
I think I've heard about this book before, actually. I think she did yeah. an interview with uh, Tom Bill. You remember I was talking about impact theory? Yes. I think she did an interview with him. Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm only halfway through uh-huh. and it's very cool. And, but it, for someone to overcome and like be developmental strength mm-hmm. based on what they did, it's it's a good listen um, or a good read if yeah. you're if you're an individual who yeah. Reads. So what is it? Thirteen things. Thirteen things mentally strong people do by Amy Morin M O R I N, um, and and just the right from the beginning you'll see the right as the intro story she went through the worst luck anyone could have that would mm-hmm. like crush you deeply yeah. internally um and overcome it and then move on so it, it's it's cool and i i would assume it's relatable because a lot of people everyone every day faces mm. struggles so yes added that one to the list too there we yes. go yes and then with that being said ming um we don't want to take up a lot of your evening is there anything else you want to touch on before we sign off yes i want you guys and i want people to follow me on instagram yes yes hit us let us know ming yes so that's tiger eye investments okay Tiger eye investments tiger eye investments yeah and what what should they expect to see on tiger eye investments well um my page is all about landlording so Mm. if you want tips and hacks and tricks then you know tune into that so every day I'm, i'm normally consistent every day dropping um something you know, like resourceful. Yes. I like that. Well, so, so, you know, I have, um, I'm new to Instagram. I just signed on in September and it's like a whole new world. To <laughs> I had no idea. Like, I just had no idea it's, people it's, use it's, social media for business like this, you know? And I, didn't, I didn't necessarily need it for my, my landlord business as far as filling the units and all. So I never, uh-huh. I just avoided it for years. And then the pandemic hit and I said, Oh, this is a oh, game changer. Let me see. Yeah. I said, people say, you know, business people are, let me see. And I had no idea, I had no clue. Oh, yeah. So I'm so glad I did get on social media um, because now all the people that I told you about, like mm-hmm. Janelle, right? And, you know, you know a few people um i've learned from being on social media and i was like it's a whole new world (laughs) we're gonna go ahead and connect that's it oh yeah so you just gained three followers here the first sip podcast instagram (laughs) and me and the kembe so that's a guarantee and hopefully everyone else listening give tiger eye investments on instagram a follow um Ming, what i would recommend to you take a look at the she moves philly instagram the one that i sent you those girls they're Yes, yeah. follow um, so, her. Yes, I started following her yesterday because I followed you guys yesterday on first shits first sit mm-hmm. on Instagram. I followed you and then I saw her and then I followed her. So I'm going to continue to look. There, there are they have absolutely made their business boom through the usage of social media. So yeah, there she's so good at it. There's like the content, the way you look at the images, and 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 that was like her thing was blogging. Yeah. So um it it's worth giving a good look to help yourself as a Definitely. new person. Yeah. Once again, yeah. bring people together. Yeah. People together. And, and that, that's what we try to do. Um we try to bring people together and make everyone better. With that being said, Ming, it's always a pleasure when I speak to you. You know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like family. That's right. That's right. Um, we wish you the best. We wish you sex. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for coming on. And with that being said, as always, enjoy the first sip. Thank you.